Former and activist Paul Robeson sung in four languages, English, French, Spanish and German, at a gathering of Republican soldiers in 1938 during the Civil War in Spain. It was a struggle against fascism in Europe, supported by many artists from other countries, but which was eventually won by the dictator Franco. Spain regained its democracy in 1976, the year Robeson, born in 1898, died. The song survives. You can hear it at the exhibition at the Quai Branly. Sarah Friou-Salgas, curator of the Paul Robeson exhibition at the Quai Branly, has spent years researching his life, his career and his political involvement, his family. And she structured the show around his music and acting, his political and personal life, with the Pan-African movement as her starting point. What's interesting is that Robeson's story was transnational and political. He was complex and intellectual, and not only as a spokesman for Pan-Africanism, but also as a popular singer. Robeson's from 1930s to the 1960s, a very important part of the 20th century, the anti-fascist period of the 30s, World War II, the Cold War. And in the 1930s, and this is relevant now, he began to question the position of black actors in Hollywood and on stage, each time he considered the place of black actors. One of the most outstanding and captivating objects in the exhibition, and it has to be said among the press cuttings, the souvenirs, the moving tenor voice, is a large bust of Robeson, his head tilted towards the sky, sculpted in bronze by Jacob Epstein, which greets visitors as they climb up to the Martin Aubley workshop, a boat-shaped space for small-scale and fascinating temporary shows in the museum. Epstein's work and choice conveys many signals about Robeson from 1930 to the 1960s, he and his wife were involved in the fight against segregation in the U.S. and saw their passports confiscated by the authorities during the McCarthy era when Paul's career was international and after they'd spent years in England. Robeson's bonds with Yiddish artists against fascism in the Soviet Union after World War II led the U.S. to believe he was a friend of Stalin too and Robeson used the Soviet dictator's appreciation of his work and the fact that he was an outsider to show his support for his Jewish friends who had been locked up after being accused of anti-Stalinism. In what was seen as a sign of protest when he was invited by Stalin to sing in Moscow, he sang the Song of Revolt, sung by Jews besieged in the Warsaw Ghetto at the time of the uprising during the Nazi occupation of Poland in the 1940s. Today, historians are starting to reconsider this period. 
Robeson is a symbol of this polarized attitude. Perhaps we'll come to realize that these great campaigners, thinkers, artists who supported Eastern Europe had more complex views than we thought. I hope this exhibition shows that ambiguity. Howard Haskin is a tenor. He lives in Paris, and like Robeson, he's a black American artist who's lived a lot of his life outside his native country and has travelled far and wide. We discussed his own trajectory and whether Robeson was an icon for him. The two men shared something significant. They both incarnated the more in Shakespeare's tragedy, Othello, Robeson in London's Savoy Theatre in 1930 opposite Dame Peggy Ashcroft, and on Broadway in New York 13 years later, from 1943 to 1944. It became the longest-running Shakespeare in Broadway history. Haskin played the lead in Verdi's Othello in 1995. There's a better acceptance of black artists across the board. Part of that has to do, I think, with uh, the advent of Porgy and Bess, which um, George Gershwin had written. In fact, Gershwin wrote the piece specifically with the idea of giving blacks a foot in the door, in particular singers. Paul did extremely well all by himself, uh, in particular when you consider that he did Otello on Broadway, and apparently it is the still the longest-running Shakespearean play that ever existed on Broadway, which is a pretty big deal when you think about it. Him doing Otello would have been an even greater deal, specifically because that was just unheard of. Haskin singing Othello in 2011 at the Dorset Festival in the UK. I've sung Verdi's Otello twice. The first time I did it was in Nice. The interesting thing, though, about my Otello, which is uh, the Verdi Otello, is that in spite of having done so, major theaters like Covent Garden, the Metropolitan Opera, uh, refuse to admit that there are black tenors capable of singing the role. Nice is no small shakes. It has just as much of a reputation as Covent Garden and the Met, but they're still not quite prepared to go that far. They have made progress, and I give them points for that. They both tried to do the performances recently without putting their Otellos in blackface, which I say it's progress because Otello is a fictional character, so it's not an stretch to think that an Otello couldn't be fair-skinned. On the other hand, one expects to see someone who's a little bit more tan than usual. But otherwise, in general, things have changed. It's still a struggle. Even for the Otello that I did in Nice, I had auditioned a year before, was told point-blank by the agent that I had at the time, who was from Guadeloupe, that the good bit was that they thought that I sounded 
fabulous. The bad bit was that I was black. And so by virtue of being black, I was uh, not Italianate enough in the way that I sang. Go figure. He had said to them, first of all, I should say, fine, if you're so upset about him being black, paint him white, then paint him black, and he can go and sing Otello and no one will know the difference, which had me on the floor laughing. But I said to him, you know, something's going to happen and they'll probably end up having to call me. And that's exactly what happened. For you, with regard to Paul Robeson, do you think that he was really the game changer for black artists, black stage artists in the U.S.? He was, Marian Anderson was, Leontine Price, Roland Hayes, and quite a few more. All of these people were precursors of what is going on today. They broke down barriers that were impossible to break down. Paul, in particular, one of the things that I really credit him for was he insisted that whenever blacks were used, for example, in television or movies, up to that point, they were always the mammies, the slave people, servants of some kind. It was always demeaning. He wanted to do roles that were uplifting, that gave a certain amount of class to blacks in general. And along with so many others, it changed very slowly the way that people looked at black artists in general. His influence was massive. You show a little grit and you I'll leave you with Paul Robeson singing one of his most famous renditions of the song Old Man River from the 1936 musical Showboat. The Rosalind Hyams, goodbye. Old Man River, he'll just keep rolling.